gaggle of geese. More fun than a room full of wombats. Able to reach huge audiences with a single broadcast. Yes, it's the Outdoor Journal Radio Show. And now, another exciting episode in the adventures of Outdoor Journal Radio. Alrighty then, we are back. Thanks you, thanks you, thanks you. Everybody thanks, thanks, thanks you. you. I thanks you. Peter thanks, thanks you. you as well. Everybody here at Outdoor Journal thanks you. Uh, I'm Come on, Viola. and we really lo- <laughs> loves you too. <laughs> we love you too. He's Peter Bowman. Uh, we have Volvo over there behind the screen. Uh, Nick will be in and out uh, periodically. <laughs> I doubt it. He's not there now. The, the empty chair now. We should, you know, what we should do is uh, we should put a picture of him on that. I'd put that mannequin in there, but I think it's got a little more muscle than Nick does, to be honest. <laughs> a little different shape. And over there is uh, our good friend Dean Taylor. Come on, on the now. Board. I'm Angelo Viola. In case speaking I didn't of tell muscle, you. Dean Taylor on the board, right? Oh, he's muscle, all right. He's all muscle. He's got pipes. Oh, baby, he must be a plumber because he's got a massive set of pipes on him. That's for sure. Yeah, him and his wife. Your your wife actually maybe should get together a plumber and a welder. Oh, well, I was going to say her pipes are well. She was snoring pretty good the other night. I recorded my wife snoring the other no! night. No, oh yeah, the you other can't morning. Do that. I did it, and I texted it to her. Because at the very oh end of it, God, you can't do that, Peter. I, I, I did about ten snores. Okay, this was a. This is all. I, I, this is very organic for your folks. All night long, she was doing the old snore because my wife has some sleeping issues, so she has sleeping aids and helps, right? Mm-hmm. And and that, this was after her alarm went off. She gets up before me after her alarm. She was still into the heavy snoring, so she went and on a snooze. Okay. She still got back into the story, and I said, that's it. I had picked up my phone. <laughs> I picked up my phone, and I held it over her head, and then I you texted it to her after that. You can't do and that. And I said, and at the very end of that last snore, I went back, and I said, all effing night is all I said, and I good and send. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Why? It's my wife. Because it doesn't matter. You, that's totally. You're insensitive when you do things like that. <laughs> I'm. I've ever been okay. sensitive. Well, no, but now you need to be more aware of your, you know, surroundings. And I be a little more. If I go to jail for this one, buddy, then the, then the system has totally crushed and and forget <laughs> it. Let's all just hang ourselves because that's it. There's <laughs> nothing worse. Let, let's talk. Let's be honest about it. Oh. You and I have both been exposed to. Oh, Some yeah. of the, we've been exposed to world class snores oh, in yeah. our in our tenure. Yeah, yeah, we have world class. Nothing yeah. short of world class. And and I got to tell you, no matter how you want to pussyfoot around it, no matter how you want to be delicate about it, no matter how you, There's it's no, just an awful no delicate thing. maneuvering involved. <laughs> it's an <laughs> awful thing. It is. Uh, so if you're, snoring, I love you, honey. Sorry, but no, that's, but that's uh, you know. The, the reality of it is. And, and the unfortunate part is that the person doing the snoring obviously is innocent. I mean, they're getting nothing, a great sleep. They're getting a great sleep. They get sleep. the best sleep ever. Yeah. They're, when they're deep like that, that's it. They're, they're in heaven while you're in hell. God almighty. <laughs> I, 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 it just brings back all the memories of, of getting caught. <laughs> With uh, well, we, we, hey? we heard Stevie when the power went off oh, this year. Steve Nedzwicky, think about it. Steve, Steve is a, Steve Nedzwicky, world class, world class, for sure, world class. Maybe the champ. Big brother Maybe. Reno Viola. Reno, he'd be like he'd legendary. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dave Delory. <gasps> oh my God, Dave Delory, but the size of Dean. He wasn't. He wasn't oh a big God. guy. He wasn't even not even as big as Dean. And that Davey, yeah, Davey had some. Some beef to that snore, didn't and, he? And would we say that the greatest, you know, the goat of snores in our world would be 
I thought it would have been one of those three guys, but you no. got somebody else coming up. Oh my god! Um, 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 how can I say? Yeah, can I? Oh, you're trying to hint. You know the I'm name. Trying, oh, I know the name. I just want to give you a hint. Okay. Uh, we had to throw footwear at him. Oh, Blair, Blair Lock, Blair, Blair Lock. He we literally. Yeah, yeah, he ripped up the tent. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. He he lit her up good. There's there's no doubt about the volume and the depth of Blair's snoring. Yeah, Blair, it, buddy. You. I were, think it put him on a. Slightly different level than the other three characters that we just mentioned. You remember, though, the lodge owner? He was in the next cabin, oh. and we could hear him snoring, too. He was in a oh, cabin about 100 feet he away. Said, by the way, guys, I, I tend to snore a little bit. He said, well, what, why is he telling us this? He's not even in the same building oh, we're in. He was, he was, like, across the field in a, another shack. Well, we know what he meant. Yeah, we've met some pros in our day. We need to have an international yeah. snoring contest or oh something. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry yeah, we if we off. offended all <laughs> us snorers, but, you know. They don't care. They sleep well. That's They're good. <laughs> They're good with it. <laughs> the worst part about snores, I got to tell you, is that they also, and it's got to be part of the mechanism that's involved in the snoring process because all snorers can sleep at oh, the snap yeah. of a finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go down quick. They can be talking to you and just in mid-sentence mm-hmm. start snoring. Well, we know the champ. Reno was the champ oh, of that. He, could, he, Reno could, was he was still he, uh, taking his clothes off. He, started, <laughs> he, was still, he was still getting into his pajamas Reno as he started snoring. And it, it's something inherent in, in snorers that they can sleep like that. And the problem with that is that generally on the other side of that track is the non-snorer and inherent with non-snorers is that they don't generally sleep too good. Well, that's right. My, my, we'll get off of this real quick, but my favorite memory of Reno was when we were at uh, Pilot Lake in that little cabin. Oh, my God. We're all sitting there, so Reno says, guys, I'm going to bed because Reno always tapped out early. I'm out. I'm going, boys. I don't care. Reno, we're we're having a beer here and we're talking. I don't care. I'll sleep. But So we're... Like, we're literally at the same level that we're talking right now, and all of us laughing and hooting and hollering, and within a second of hitting that pillow, he is snoring while we're yelling and screaming and and having a good time. Unreal. The guy was a pro of all pros. He was the best at that camp. Then get up. Of course, you get up earlier than everybody else because you got the best sleep. Hey, everybody, get up. What are you doing? You sleep all day? Let's go. It's like friggin' dark for four more hours. <laughs> oh, we had some great oh times. Oh my God, they were a, the best what ever. What a crew we had. Well, that was the best. Point. Reno, we love you, buddy. We oh. got to get you on the road again. Oh, I was just talking to him the other day. Yeah. Said, Nothing's changed. He's still the same old I guy. I love him. Anyways, uh, okay. let's get on with the program, shall right. we? Uh, one. Wonderful show today. We're, we'll be joined a little later on. A uh, gentleman's name is Rob Racine, and he, um, aside from running a JMB uh, Marine in Timmins and Sudbury, uh, he also has recently started a new enterprise. And the, think of the concept here. So what they do, they it's not just boat rental, but it is a summer boat rental package that they deliver to your cottage. So as an example, if you want a pontoon boat, because you've never owned one before, and you think, wow, you know what, pontoon boat might be great for the cottage, rather than making the investment of buying one, you, you rent it for the season. They drop it off, they show you how to operate it, comes fully equipped with everything you, you need in terms of safety gear, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the season, you predetermine what that end of the season is, they come, they pick it up, 
They take it away, and it's all ah, over. That's awesome. So he's going to join that. us. It's a fascinating. When he uh, first I told me about, about this, this. I, I was just beside myself because yeah. I think it's just a, such a great uh, uh, business. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, fantastic. Yeah, I love that. Um, so love he'll that come idea. up in the program a little later on. He's also a, a great guy to talk to about the marine industry, which, of course, is... Who knows where it's at at any given yeah. time anymore? Up, down, yeah. inventory, our, our no prices, inventory, yeah. uh, prices, interest. interest. I mean, it's just all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but first, we have to talk about fishingcanada.com. Not because we have to, because we want to. Yeah. Because it's a, a wonderful place to be. Heck yeah. Fishingcanada.com. Uh, as you go there, you can also uh, go to the shop, uh, shop.fishingcanada.com, or you can go to fishingcanada.com and push on the store, whichever it is, or fro. back and forth during while. Yeah. My wife's into that now, by the way. Oh, good. Well, let's, let's break off again. I like, My this. Wife I like is these talks, this organic stuff. I didn't think I'd ever see this. She's into fishingcanada.com? Might. Well, could be. I, I don't know. I don't look over her shoulder. My wife now watches television. While doing this, what do you mean? Sorry, uh, on her device? Oh, she's got she's no, no, TV no, no. Here. We're watching uh, oh, the yeah. Voice or whatever we're watching, and now she's. Oh yeah, well, I think my wife's on that. Finally, one too. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. she's on that. She's there now. So anyways, I do it on commercials. Sometimes I'll do it on commercials. Sometimes I'll look at the phone, do a scroll, why? Or something depends. Depends why. A lot of times I don't, but sometimes I do. But. Anyways, if you are uh, that type, you can uh, read all the wonderful stories. We'll highlight a Hell, few. Hell, here's a scenario. On Saturday morning at 8.15, you're watching the Fish and Canada television on the TV, and you are then you're going to our website, uh, fishandcanada.com, and well, I don't know, go over to shop.fishandcanada.com, and I can buy a hat there, I can do that, read that article there, <coughs> and I can watch Angie Pete. Excuse me. Mm. Hey, that's a wonderful idea. See, see, for that purpose, I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. Two face bastard. (laughs) I think it's wonderful that you multitask. It's good for the brain. I love it. Uh, As long as it's fishing, 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 fishing. That's right. The trifactor of fishing Canada. We're good to go. We're we're doing good. Uh, Uh There is a winter sale going on right now. Apparently, on Fishing Canada uh, store, the store shop. You just got some more birch in too, didn't you? Brand new. I haven't even seen it up there yet, but I'm assuming it's there now. Uh, There's some great new stuff. We're adding stuff as we go. I know. I know. you might look at it and say, well, hell, where was this stuff a few weeks ago when I did my Christmas shopping? Well, you know what? Uh, it's going on every day. It's it's going up all the time. And, and th- this is not the only Christmas that we are going to be together. We'll have Christmas next year and the year after that and the year after that. <laughs> so we're point. just going to keep adding. Good point. Just keep adding and, and keep buying Good and point. keep telling us what you want. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. all live happily ever after. Yes. And there's also a poll there we really appreciate. If you would participate, uh, when you go to the store and check out all the new wonderful uh, winter sale items, uh, there's a poll that we'd like you to take, and it, it will help us better understand what your wants and needs are, because yeah. you'll tell us, you'll check off the, all the items that we've got listed there. Check I off want the this, items I need this, exactly. I want that, and I need exactly. the other. Yeah. Right. I particularly love the plaid. I think the, all those red plaids... Uh, there's some new ones. There's three so, or four new pieces. So in the Canadiana. The hats. You know, the, the, I, I think it. anything plaid is just wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. All righty. Listener feedback. Yes, sir. We got one from Darren Burian. I'm going to call it Burian. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, Burian. 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 Yeah, that's kind of an interesting. Uh, via Spotify. And yeah. Darren says, greatest outdoor podcast. Well, I, I could just leave it at that. You know what I mean? We could, that's good enough. But 
Only thing that would make it even better is to get Black Angus and the old crew back <laughs> and once in a while. Those were the good days. And you are oh, so right, Darren. Thanks for, thanks for saying that. They were so special. Like that, like Black Angus, Sean Kelly, what a character. I remember the transition <laughs> of Sean. When he got in there the first time, he didn't even want to do it. He was so nervous. Oh, he was like a, a train wreck, his first episode. By the end, he was the, one of our favorite. You know, there, look, look at that guys. crew. Holy oh. smokes. Wow. Stellic. Yeah. And Reno, and obviously, who's wow. this guy? Uh, who's that hippie? Holy mackerel. I like that shirt he's got on there, <laughs> mellow yellow. Um, with Sean, by the end of that, remember how his character just transformed into one of the funniest guys? He had this, uh, this he, sense of cold he was sarcasm. So he, he was, was so good. Oh, my God. He was, he so was good. such a talent. You're right, uh, Darren. we got to get that team back. Somehow. They all were. Uh, Schlorfy, I mean, oh, oh my, my God. God. Schlorfy was outstanding. Jonathan Winters. Winters. character. They're right. Yeah. And, of course, that's where Gord Pizer uh, yeah. first got his uh, moniker and, and get, personality. When he, uh, when he graduated university to become a doctor. When, when I uh, yes. anointed him a doctor. You know how that came about, eh? But, well, because, I, uh, by the way, for those of you wondering what the hell we're talking about, uh, <laughs> Darren Burian uh, is referencing the old Outdoor Journal radio show before it became a podcast. And for the better part of 20-some-odd years, we had about four or five characters that were sort of co-hosting the episode each and every week. And they all kind of developed their own style and their own character. And after a while, I mean, they became, uh, you know, I, th I think, I think black Angus and, and Sean Kelly uh, probably was as recognizable a character in terms of voice um, as as the show itself. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, absolutely. And, and, and same with with uh, Brad Schleff, of course. With all your little segments that you Gord had. Jack Pizer, Summers. Jack and, Summers. And then, you know, I mean, they were Radio all great World. characters. They were yeah. fantastic. But anyways. Yeah. And everybody looked forward to it. You always got letters, oh, you know, we always yeah. emails and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Great. For sure. And the Countess, don't forget the Countess. She was oh, big on the radio show as well. Just a beautiful person. Just the a beautiful person. The Countess from Sandestash. Yes. Um, yes. She was another Huge. character. We should. We should bring them all on, Dean. Can, yeah, we, that, can we do that? Yeah, that'd be a good show. A reunion show. Oh, my. Yeah, be nice. Yeah. Reunion show. I like that. We have the kind desk an, now. And there's no time limits, time constraints. No. You know what I mean? Because back then, okay, guys, we're going to cut you short. In and out. Right. And if they want to throw a little bullshit in there or something like that, they mm -hmm. can do that, too. You know what I mean? There's a, there's lots of uh, I like new it. stuff we could use. I like it. Thank you, uh, Darren, for pointing that out to us. Yeah, and Darren. yes, we will endeavor to bring the crew back at some point. Uh, and thank you to Darren for being a longtime listener, because obviously he's stuck with this whole system. No, right? no kidding. A That's lot fantastic. of people transition from the... I remember, I have to be honest with you, um, one of the characters on that show was the actual producer, Steve Labadee. Stevie. Who, Stevie. He became right. like a regular guy on, too, on the yeah. show, right? Because I used to talk to him on, yeah, uh, you know, constantly. Just like our dean, right? Kind of like, like our dean. Like there. dean, yeah. And uh, I remember him telling me one time, I don't know what the year was, but let's let's say it was ten years ago. Um, he said, "You know, boss." He says, "We should really do put this out as a podcast." The show, I said, "Podcast? I what? I can imagine what podcast? You said. What, what, what do you mean, podcast? <laughs> what the hell's a podcast?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "Yeah." He says, "Well, we record it, and uh, and then we'll make it available for people to listen to whenever they want." And I said, "Why the hell would I want to do that?" Is well because that's, that's no, you would never I say that. I swear to God. No, I know you would say that. I, know you would. I, I said, so let me understand this. So, you want me to spend more money because I know there's going to be production money involved, right? This is some, uh, yeah, 
Okay. And you want me to 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 put up a what do I what is it a a platform of some kind I have to pay into to have a podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. So you want me to spend more money in order for people not to tune in live every Saturday morning at eight o'clock? Can you tell me in what universe that makes any sense? And he's well. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. You're right. You're probably uh, yeah. right. So, <laughs> so, anyways, another good character uh, though, Stevie. He was great. Oh, he I was love that great. Guy, he was fantastic. He was that. great. The the relationship yeah. him and I had you guys on the had mic a great was, team. Uh, yeah. was fantastic going together. So. Yeah, I miss them all. Those were the good old yeah. days, man. I I so much look. You know, this podcast thing is fun, and I'm having a an absolute blast doing it. But I have to tell you, there is something about live that just cannot be replaced. Yeah, yeah. Because it's you've live. You've always liked that. You've always liked that. Yeah, it's sure. live. There's no replacing it. You, you're you on. Everything counts. Everything matters. Mm-hmm. So so it's different than this. This is a little more laid back. It's fun. It's great because it gives us, I mean, we have virtually no boundaries, which you do in live. Um, you you Your delivery can be whatever it needs to be that particular moment in time which you can't do in live. Uh, Everything is timed there. It's not here. So it's a different world. I love it, but there's nothing like live. I always used to tell people live is like jumping out of a plane. Yeah. Every Saturday morning when that red light went on, you just eh? jump and hope that the chute will open at some point before you hit the ground. Yeah. And sometimes it did. Sometimes it didn't. (laughs) You're dead, senor. (laughs) Anyways, uh, thanks for bringing back the memories, Darren. Yeah. Uh, If you want to give us some feedback, uh, how do they do that, Dean? Like uh, Darren just did. What what do they? I'm pulling them from everywhere now. So he left his on Spotify in the comments. I pulled them from YouTube off the videos. I'm taking them from everywhere now. But preferent, we'd prefer you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave an actual review because that helps us in the rankings. It helps us everywhere. The YouTube stuff is awesome. It helps with engagement. But if you can and you listen to it on Apple, if you could go there and leave a review, it would be appreciated. So the Spotify rating, just to get it, is not as effective for us. It doesn't help us. No. We have like 700 reviews there. They do nothing for us in the charts. Wow. Yeah. Eh? yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Can we, can, we, go, folks. can we do anything to alter that? Send them to Apple. Yeah. yeah. You, that's all you can do. Go buy an iPhone. Yeah. Do you have to have an iPhone no, to have Apple? No, no? you don't. No. Okay. Hmm. Another good point there. So yeah, people should know that. So cool. Speaking of uh, podcasts, uh, how about the uh, network? Our podcast network, the because highlight. It's not Let's just uh, a show, although that's how it started life. It uh, is a full network now. We have a bevy of talented uh, uh, podcasters on the Outdoor Journal Network. Uh, one of the group is it, the program's called Eating Wild. And, uh, I know I can't say stuff like this because the other guys get back to me and, Oh, here we go. No, but they do. You know, and I feel for each and every one of them. Listen, it's, it's uh, starting a new gig is never easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's increasingly more difficult when the boss doesn't pat you on the back near enough, but the folks at eating wild though. They get a lot of pats in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Tony and the boys are doing say, a great job. They are doing a good job. Um, episode 21 is highlighted right now as we speak. It's called The Power of Bear Meat with Dave Gray. Is this the latest one, Dean? Their latest one? Uh, 
Not it? not by the time this comes out. Okay, but it's a okay. good one. It's a good one. Yeah, okay. that's why I we're like highlighting it. Yeah. yeah, I like the sound. Uh, of this. Uh, guest is Dave Gray, and he cured his MS symptoms. Wow! Through a wild game diet. That's amazing. You got to go there. You got to listen to this podcast. Folks. I have not gonna, heard this one yet. So you I'm gonna, you have I'm to gonna, go there. It is so compelling. Now, that is that's listen, insane. Whether it works for everybody or not, I do not know. But I do believe that in this particular case, it worked. And it worked extremely well. Hey, Vova. Hey, eating meat isn't so bad sometimes, buddy. Uh-oh. I mean, if it does, uh, you Uh-oh. know. It does that kind of stuff. Fo <laughs> was always shaking. Uh, you know, well, no, he doesn't give a shit. Anyway, I'll say that. Anyways, he uh, he ate primarily fish and, uh, and bear, bear meat. meat. I wonder if it's like. I wonder if he'd have done moose or, we don't or know. venison. Or, boy, I had venison last night, night before. I had venison. I rarely get venison, but Mike Mikey Burris gave us four chops, oh. one per family member, oh. and oh my god, that stuff is good. I love it. It's fan- moose. Is we didn't my even marinate it. No, so yeah. normally you marinate because yeah. you, there's the gamey stuff and yeah, the yeah. fatty stuff. Yeah. I just love. I love the gamey stuff even more. I like a yeah. better non-marinated. But oh my god! Sorry, I interrupted. Mm. But it was so good, so good. I that, love. I, love I wonder if bear, uh, if there's something to bear meat. Dean, do you know if there's something to bear meat that it makes it? Uh, I think the fat, like the fat content was really helpful. But he right. mostly talked about um, just cutting out carbs and any like processed meat right. was the biggest one because yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't really know what you're like what you have a lot of the time when you buy it from the store. So right. I, I think like honestly if you went to the like the butcher and really knew what you were eating, you could probably get similar results. Yeah. But so because yeah. because well, let's be honest, our our North American at least, our Canadian let's just say, but I'm sure North American diets are not very good. Even when you try to be good at it, you're you're probably not doing yourself a whole lot of good, even though we you know, what the hell? You want to live and have fun and eat what you like to taste and all that stuff. But uh, there's a lot of shit in food nowadays that probably isn't helping you. And this kind of goes the opposite way is that, you know, like there's foods that are out there that could be a benefit to the opposite mm-hmm. of that. So I, I, I think this is amazing. I, I can't wait to listen to this one. Oh, it's a must. It's an absolute must. I listened to their, their uh, I just listened to the St. Clair one. I don't know if, Anne, if you heard that one. Yeah, yes. The Lake St. Clair one. Yeah. That was great. Mr. Mr. Dean Dropshot Taylor yeah. on there. Yeah, they gave me a nickname they, on there. Yeah. They even told me that you gave yourself that nickname. I did not. They boys, I did not give I'm myself a nickname. You, they <laughs> told their bullshit and everybody now. They said, yeah, Dean gave that to himself because no. he gets a small mouth all the way. I got to I gotta call those boys out again, but it was a great, it was a, listen to that. You got to listen to that episode as well, folks, because um, there was something in there that I heard and I could not believe my ears about the competitive factor of musky anglers on Lake St. Clair and what they're doing and how close they're fishing to each other and, and, and these little uh, inner battles that they're getting. It's insane. So it's a great podcast to listen to. It's called Eating Wild and it's on the Outdoor Journal Radio Network, uh, podcast network as we speak. Uh, there are, as I said before, there's more than just uh, them. Um, you'll also find the rest of our podcasters, Dean. Yep. Which are? The Ugly Pike Podcast. Yep. Dolo. Diaries of a Lodge <laughs> Owner. Dolo. <laughs> he doesn't it. like that. I no, he doesn't. Under the Canopy, of course. Stevie Dolo. Under the Canopy, yep. Yep. With uh, Jerry Wallet. Yep. And uh, we missing anybody? We have the, the tackle box as well. Tackle box yep. as well. Yep. Uh, perfect. Cool. There you go. Good All happening right now. Uh, if you want podcasts, this is the place to be. And uh, check it out. And leave a comment. Check Let it. Let us know. Check Let us it. Know what you Booyah. Think. 
in the news, Mr. Bowman. Yes, uh, this is a good story. Northern United States uh, DNR capture 323 invasive carp. So this is a, uh, what? No, I'm just saying that in itself is not big news, but. Well, just capturing them. I mean, you know, but the way they capture. So That's the Department what I'm of Natural about. Resources uh, in Minnesota and Wisconsin, they teamed up for this uh, in, a, in a, a pool. Basically, it's called the Pool 6 of Mississippi River. And uh, they captured 296 silver carp, 23 grass carp, and four big head carp. But the interesting uh, story, the part of the story is how they captured them. So they literally pre-captured some invasive carp put a tagging system in an electro tagging system into these fish, re-released them back into the water, tracked those fish. And by those, by most fish being a schooling type of, uh, you know, grouping type of species, they could capture a bunch. So they drop one or two tags in and all of a sudden they're catching 300 fish because of it. You know, I'm I mean? sure this is not That's the first time that somebody at DNR or MNRF or any of the other came up with that idea. Yeah, probably not. No. But, but it's very, obviously very effective. Sure right? it would For be. For fish that are schooler. Muskies, maybe not. Muskie be an individual fish. If you're trying, you know, they turn into individual fish so, so much. But these guys being schooling A few fish. years ago, I'll let you in on a little secret. Oh, Finally. Well, okay, this, we're out in the water all the time. You should be telling me every secret few years every ago, day. I, I, a few years ago, I met a gentleman, um, an American, on um, Erie. No, St. Clair. One of those two lakes. We were, we were probably pre-fishing a tournament or shooting your, a show. Wear your hockey helmet on St. Clair after you listen to that podcast, eh, Dean? Yeah. I meant when we wear a football helmet. It's, it's rough out there. So... so an American tournament angler that I ran into, I'm going back now 30 years, maybe 35. He was doing that. Oh, yeah. He was implanting, it was smallmouth bass or maybe walleye. Garlock? Was it Dickie Garlock? Was it Dickie Gar? I think it was Garlock. He used to do sc- scuba diving. I think it was Garlock. Really? So he was doing a program very similar to that, except he was doing it for his own purposes, <laughs> and that was to find schooling fish. And oh, so he shouldn't would, be saying that somebody's going to be doing this now. Well, I think it's totally illegal. <laughs> oh, it's got to be totally illegal. Uh, but he was doing it back thirty-five years ago. Wow! And uh, and then doing the same thing. An electro tag and a yep. six-pound smallmouth yep. in the mouth of the St. Lawrence River, and have Let it her follow. Go. Have it follow its buddies. <laughs> Let her go, and then uh, wow, have at it. Yeah, so yeah. it's totally illegal. Do not do that. I only brought it up because it's kind of connected to the news story. That's funny. Uh, what but, a great way of, of capturing. Then I'm sure through netting and electroshocking, what they did here to capture the, you know, you get the area that you know where these fish are in, especially with electroshocking. You've got your tag sending out a signal. Okay, boys, let's shock right in this little area right here as big as this office. But all of a sudden, we've been involved in shocking programs. It's pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Well, Dean did it. I was involved this year. It was cool. Dean and Boba Oh, yeah, you guys watched that too. We got a bowfin. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see. I'm surprised you knocked one of those things out because they're freaking tough as nails. Yeah. We did it in uh, in Largemouth Bass in Florida somewhere a few years back. Oh, my God. A lot of years back. That was crazy. It's pretty neat how they they do that. We'll we'll just talk a weary quick about that, but they got these probes that go into the water, and they set a certain amount of voltage. I think there's hardly any amperage. I think it's all about voltage on that one. And 
Well, and it would you, have to be because if you had amperage going on, usually be, amperage kills the right, humans. I don't right, know what it does, you know, in right. water, through water, and all but, that stuff. But yeah, um, but anyways, these fish they turn up. They you shocks them. They turn up real quick and up the surface. And you're thinking, oh, okay, it'll be easy pickings. No, uh-uh. they come too as fast as they come up. So they yep. come up. They they have to get their nets out there real quick yep. and scoop them up and put them into a big cooler. Then they uh, you know they look, the do their little fin samples and their little scale samples. <laughs> and all of a sudden, these fish are perfect. They drop them back in the water and they swim away like mm. like nothing happened. So God, it was crazy, was, eh? That was excellent. and you see the, you see you wouldn't believe how many fish would come up like in one area. The, the, bass, the, what was surprising about that experience for me was it just showed you because you know we we'll fish miles and miles of undercut, you know, bank, for example, if you're largemouth bass fishing, you'll go miles without a snip, and all of a sudden, boop, 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 three fish. Well, this really exemplified that, yeah. because we would go literally for, for several hundred yards with nothing, and then all of a sudden, one little part would have 20, 30 fish come up to yeah. the surface. Yeah. Yeah, so how they all group together yeah. and different sizes, your bait yeah. fish group with your yeah. panfish, your panfish group with your bass, because they're all kind of feeding on each other sort of thing, right? And the bait fish are there because of the, maybe the microorganisms or whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And it was an interesting story. It's on uh, fishingcanada.com as we speak. It's in the news section. I'm assuming that's uh, correct, Dean. Yep, you you feel correct. free to jump in and, and straighten me it's out correct. anytime I yep. veer. Well, you're correct. It doesn't need to straighten you. Ah, I yeah, see. Okay. You, you see, you're on the straight and narrow. It's funny, you know, very very quickly again that in that same sense i was just on the bay of quinney with mikey burris last weekend and we drove our garmin traditional screen over so much dead water dead water dead water trying to get and finally that thing started to light up bait fish walleye lake trout everything boom started catching fish it's funny that they are you're right they just group up in what certain is it? areas you know what i mean so bait is obviously the key we think it's the key we think the predators are there because the bait is there mm-hmm. but there's got to be a reason why the bait is there. And I think that's probably the most important key of all. Yeah, it is. Is, is, it is. why is food there? You know what? You know what my quick theory on that one was? And that's an instance. We found the fish in the deepest water out there. So 120 plus feet of water. They weren't in the 80s. They weren't in the 60s. So maybe the bait fish feel secure, maybe more secure in that deep dark water where they can either go up or, up or down, down or whatever maybe well That's think about it in, in shallower it. water they've got limitations they've got limitations they've got the surface they and they've got the feel the, confined the, to me exactly right? so whereas yeah. in big open water yeah they have That's my a thought comfort was. level yeah hmm. so, so it's nothing really that draws them there other than the vastness of their surroundings it's not like That's, they're there because of temperature you know, not because yeah. they're feeding on for sure not temperature for sure yeah. now maybe it's food but it's for sure not temperature yeah. you know what i mean so mm. Mm. interesting fishing so interesting all the time eh? uh fan question of the week mr bowman yes this is submitted by another name i'm gonna have to try and not butcher here anthony Starich, Starich. No, there's a U in there, buddy. Starich, Starich, Starooch. 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 Starooch, I would go with. S-T-A-R-U-C-H. Anthony, From sorry Manitoba. About sorry about that, Anthony. Manitoba, Canada. And I I'm, love I'm that. assuming it came into us by uh, via, uh, yeah, email at fishing, info at fishingcanada.com. Yep. So, uh, Anthony states, obviously the first rule should be, it's up to you to check conditions and work within your own personal risk level. But with the slow freeze of this season, what is your, Angelo is mine, I'm assuming, comfort level for getting out on first ice? That's a great question. It's timed perfectly as it's about to happen. It's happening north. There are some standards that uh, are put out in this part of the world by M&R each year. 
and I believe that's what we're quoting here, Dean. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So they're stating that uh, four inches is the absolute minimum amount of ice that anglers should look for when heading out onto a lake. I think that um, that may be correct according to them. I would not suggest be, and the problem i say this and, and hear me out before we go any further there is never going to be a totally consistent sheet of ice that you can run for miles without it changing from you know 10 inches to six inches to seven inches to two inches to four inches etc mm-hmm. etc et and, and and that's dictated by all kinds of natural elements so you're never going to find an absolute perfect sheet of ice so when they're saying four inches you can't feel really comfortable knowing full well that there could be some two 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 and a half inch areas up ahead yeah without you knowing yeah yeah, right so picture what angelo's saying ice surface is like this beautiful it's flat all the way along but underneath that ice it's like this changes up and down up and down all All over over the place place, so four inches they're saying is bare minimum yeah okay but but it has to has to be consistently four inches for, solid in order, four inch yeah, ice. in order to yeah. to really feel comfortable uh for those with sleds and atvs and other motorized vehicles other than you know a, a truck or a car um you gotta have at least in my opinion six inches they're saying five i always like to err on the side of caution uh i would say six inches if you're going to run a snowmobile or an atv across a sheet of ice Six inches as a bare minimum, uh, according to MNR, that uh, that will hold support around twelve hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Six inches, so that's perfectly fine. ATVs, skidoo, sleds, you know, snow machines, stuff like that. The most important one, and this is the one where I used to report every Saturday morning from, you know, first week of January till mid March. Um. This is where you want to drive your vehicle out on the ice, where you want to take a truck, you want to tow a, a, a hut, you want to, you know, like that whole business. To me, uh, I, I would say that 12 to 15 inches would be the depth of ice that I would look for. Although, once again, MNR is saying 8 to 15. Mm-hmm. My problem with 8 to 15 is what I said about the 4-inch. It's not consistent you could get some six-inch uh, ice, some four-inch ice while you're traveling along. And that's when I used to report every Saturday morning the yeah. people that would go through the ice on Lake Simcoe that yeah. the OPP and RCMP helicopters had to go out and It seems them. to happen there more than anywhere. Yeah. Oh, Simcoe my God. It was, brutal it was every week. But Quinny every ice week. is horrible, too. But yeah. I just had a thought here. I bet you if you said, if you were up on... Lake of the Woods, or smaller, way up north, northwestern Ontario, you said you had five inches of ice up there. I bet it's a lot different than five inches of ice down here. I think down yeah. here in the south, this got, we got such crazy weather hot, patterns. Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, got, cold. It's, it's insane, you know problem, what I mean? Yeah. Up there, when it gets cold and there's five inches of ice, I'll bet you, or Manitoba maybe for Anthony here, you know, if he's in northern Manitoba, I'll bet you five inches up there no matter what. It's probably it's good solid. ice. It's solid ice. Yeah, yeah it yeah. could be. All I know is... When I was young, and for all you younger anglers that like to get out there and do your thing, oh, I got to get out there. Don't do what I did. I used to take that spud, and I'd walk around on the Bay of Quinty, and I'd go, pop. Okay, that's good. Take another step. Oh, shit. No. 
pop. Okay, that's good. Through, through the, don't do that. I've done that before. I'm not proud of it because I did it once in my life and I was so scared and I didn't get any fish that day. I didn't get any vices. I will not be doing that again. I didn't go that far offshore. But I was so stupid. Just uh, my spud was just—it could pop. You know, you're, the best ice I had was an inch and a half. So maybe you know something like that. And age has nothing to do with it, by the way. Stupidity is not no, limited. If you, is not limited to people. Like I know now, if I still had that much gung ho-ness, uh, I don't think I would have. I don't have that much. Maybe so. My age to me. Now, what but, you were doing was relatively safe. Relatively, yeah, because I didn't die. I'm here today. No, no, so. <laughs> no, no. I mean, relatively safe is good because before you took a step, you would check the ice. Yeah, absolutely. And if it went oh, through, absolutely. you would move. I'm assuming you would check would, the ice over absolutely. here, and then you would check the ice over there yeah. until you Which made your exactly way. Exactly what Angela was saying. That underneath was not as good. Exactly. Yes, but I was doing that. The yeah. reason I say it's not limited to age is that our good friend Stephen Nitzwicky and I <laughs> speaking of dummies <laughs> did exactly that. Not more than uh, four or five years ago, just prior to pandemic, whenever really? that was. Yeah. Okay. We wanted to go. There was a cottage for sale on Lake Muskoka. You guys weren't even fishing. No, it was <laughs> dead in winter, and uh, we wanted to go look at it. Yeah. And it was on an island, and uh, so we said, "Well, it doesn't look like it's that far from shore. Why don't we?" Just I love it. walk it. <laughs> I love we'll, it. We'll stop at the local Canadian Tire and get a couple of you know big spuds, spuds yeah. and uh, we'll do that. We thought, yeah, how bad can it be? We looked at it on the map. It looked like about a half a mile, you know, max mm-hmm. to go out there. Maybe a little bit longer, but anyways, it wasn't that far. And so we did, and it was a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> how we ended up making it there and back was totally beyond me. Because for the most part, the ice was not thick enough. It's scary, isn't it? Like when you it's start scary. To pop that and, thing through it. And what started out as a straight half mile, <laughs> oh yeah, it was like three miles before oh, yeah. we got we got there, oh, yeah. and even longer coming back. Because by the time we decided to come back, it blew over. Had, yeah, and things had changed, <laughs> and so we had a whole new oh, route. And it was like a five mile trek. Zigzagging I bet you Dean's done it. I bet you spotted your yeah, way out of it. Yeah, I've done it. And it's worse in the dark. It's oh terrifying. Oh, my now, God. I now, would not even try In all that. fairness to us, in all fairness to us, we wore our life, inflatable yeah. life jackets. Yeah. I yeah. think I probably so, had a floater suit on yeah, at the time. So, too, so if you are going to be stupid and do that, first, two things. Number one, never, ever, ever do it on your own. Always have at least one person with you, for sure. And then always, always have some kind of flotation device. And make yeah. sure yeah. a big guy like Steve goes first. Oh, I made sure of that. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. <laughs> you lead the way, Steve. You're pretty experienced, buddy. <laughs> what a nightmare that was. But uh, oh, anyways, we made it. It's uh, not something I'd recommend. Yeah, we don't recommend it at all. But that the, the floater suit thing uh, and life giant or whatever, that's a great idea. Spikes. I mean, that's mandatory down here. Like you I, have I wouldn't to. go out without it anymore. You have to. It's, uh, yeah. And there's so many good ice fishing suits available now too, right? Mm-hmm. That floater suits. And they're not, not bulky. Just they're yeah. actually nice. Yeah. Exactly. So, and they're warm. It's worth the money. Yeah. Yep, yep, and the yep. little spikes. Yes, uh, that you have to have what Angel's oh. talking about there around your neck. Just keep yep. that around your neck, and that 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 right there could save your life so easily. So. But most important, don't do it on your own. That's Anthony, the, up, the if you're up thing. northern Manitoba, that four you know four inches, something like that, might be a good number. Um, if you're in Maybe. the south, uh, you might want to be more cautious. Anyway, so there you go.
there's an adventure just outside these walls. It's something you'll hate to leave and can't wait to get back to. It's a place where memories are made and bonds are forged. For some, it's hitting the trails. For others, it's a weekend at the lake. It's a place full of campfires and quality time. This year, take some time to reconnect with friends, family, and nature. No matter what adventures await you, Coleman has the gear you need. Visit ColemanCanada.ca to gear up today. The outside is calling. Answer the call. What brings people together more than fishing and hunting? How about food? I'm Chef Antonio Maleca, and I've spent years catering to the stars. Now, on Outdoor Journal Radio's Eatin' Wild podcast, Louise, Hooksat, and I are bringing our expertise and Rolodex to our real passion, the outdoors. Each week, we're bringing you inside the boat, tree stand, or duck blind and giving you real advice that you can use to make the most out of your fishing game. You're going to flip that duck breast over once you get a nice hard sear on that breast. You don't want to sear the actual meat. And it's not just us chatting here. If you can name a celebrity, we've probably worked with them. And I think you might be surprised who likes to hunt and fish. When Kit Harrington asks me to prepare him sashimi with his bass, I couldn't say no. Whatever Taylor Sheridan wanted, I made sure I had it. Burgers, steak, anything off the barbecue. That's a true cowboy. All Jeremy Renner wanted to have was lemon ginger shots all day. Find Eating Wild now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Alrighty, let's jump into the meat and potatoes of the episode. As we mentioned at the beginning of the program, a very unique uh, uh, company, although it's not a separate company, I don't think we'll find out here in a minute, uh, just it came to light for us about boat rentals in this country, which is something that's been needed for such a long time. Joining us now is the president of JMB Cycle, uh, Rob Racine. Rob, how you doing, bud? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, Rob. Doing We're doing great. great. Um, am I right? Is is J and B Cycle and Marine sort of spearheading this Freedom um, uh, Cruise seasonal boat rental thing, or is it all one or separate, or how does it work? So it is a separate corporation, um, although it is tied to J and B Cycle and Marine um, from an inventory standpoint. So that's where the boats are purchased from. So from J and B Cycle. How do you come um, up with JMB Cycle? Your name's Rob Racine. <laughs> yeah, that goes back. Uh, you knew that was well, coming. I was, I was a year old when it was founded, so oh, right uh, I, I wasn't involved at that time. I didn't get involved with JMB Cycle till 2006. So yeah, it. Uh, Okay. okay, a little bit of history for both of you gentlemen. Uh, this yeah. is not my first brush with JMB Cycle. Okay. Uh, I met the original JMB Cycle uh, owner. I'm trying to think of the year, but it, it would have been, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 78. Wow. 77. Right 70, on the number. 77, 1978. Uh, we were, my brother and I were, um, distributing a product called Vespa scooters. The company was actually Piaggio, which is Fiat. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. we were the Canadian distributors for the scooter and mopeds and, and three wheeled uh, little uh, truck things that they, they had. And yeah. uh, I remember making a trek in the dead of winter to Northern Ontario to visit with JMB cycle. <laughs> and they may have been, they may have been the very first Ontario, Northern Ontario. Let me straighten that out because we had a, a, a shop in Toronto that was handling them. Um, Northern Ontario retailer of Vespa scooters. Yeah, that's cool. And it was JMB Cycle. Look at that. Look at the so history you, you brought out here I this know, morning. I man. know. 
So that's kind of cool. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's no, uh, it shouldn't be strange to think the JB cycle can wander off the beaten path every once in a while. If they can sell Vespa scooters, surely to God they can rent boats, which surely. is a fantastic yeah. idea. Yeah. Tell us about it, Rob. Well, that's the one thing about being as far north as we are is the you have to be diverse. So you have to be everything to everyone in, in many cases because our seasons are far too short. So we couldn't be sustainable at the level that we are, you know, volume-wise with just marine or just snowmobiles or anything else for that matter. So we need to be we're what, what I call a family big box. So when you come into our store, it's very diverse clothing, parts. Uh, you know, we sell, I always say we sell everything but airplanes. Wow. And literally we do. You know, from hot, hot tubs to barbecues to tractors. Oh, wow. To okay. name it. Yeah, we've okay. got it all. So Okay, cool. The, the notion of renting a boat for a season... Well, it's, it, it's not new because we used to be able to rent fishing, small fishing boats, right? right that, that used to be the deal when you go camping. I remember my dad and I and my, and my brother, we used to go rent in, in Picton. We'd rent a boat for a week. and go, yep. We brought our own motor and yep. we put it on a rental boat. You could rent the motor. And boat. That was different. That's a little 14-foot aluminum fishing boat sort of thing, right? The, now the, we're moving this on. This is different. And yeah. when, I, when Rob first told me about it, I thought, you know what? I got to look into this, but I don't think anybody's doing that in Canada. And sh- sure as hell, I checked. I-, I couldn't find anybody that's doing what they're doing. Right. What-, what they're doing is delivering a boat to your cottage for the season. Totally so different. So tell yeah. us about that, Rob. Yeah. So it's, uh, you're right in saying that the boat rental uh, concept is not new. So, you know, but it's been daily rentals, hourly rentals in some cases, yep. weekly, and then now monthly. And the monthly stuff, I think, is playing into the Airbnb. Uh, product as well. That's where you're seeing the monthly um, boat rental play in. In the U.S., we saw um, something called the boat clubs. So this right. is where you put down X amount of dollars, you became a club member, and then for so many dollars a month, basically you could access a boat. Well, in Canada, that's a little more difficult because you know we we don't have 11 and a half months of boating like they right. do in Florida. Um, so when we first explored that concept, it just didn't work. Um, in the in the sense of a business model and having someone make payments over the course of, you know, the winter, the long winter. So this idea uh, played off some of what um, the automotive industry has done with uh, automobile leasing or car leasing, you know, that everybody is driving around with today. And that's kind of where we began um, exploring how that would work for us in our market where, you know, we would get good used product back um, and also for the consumer that it made sense from a price wise for them. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that there was somebody trying this in Toronto. Um, the Freedom. Is so there is Freedom uh, Boat Club. It's out of the U.S. And I believe they have locations in Toronto, Hamilton, they may be Kingston uh, area. I'm not quite sure. You'd have to look them up. But yes, they are. They are making their way in the bigger centers. It it might make sense in you know accessibility and that sort of thing. As you go further north, again with the season being so short, it's a little tougher. That's where our concept is a little bit um, more catered. Uh, to that market, the cottage country and north. Right. So those boats behind you, Rob, those two big Prince Craft uh, uh, pontoon boats, they are available for people to rent for an entire summer sort of thing? Something like that? Yeah, exactly. So um, the pontoon boat 
platform has been the thrust behind our program. Uh, although we do have uh, fiberglass runabouts, um, we have uh, fishing boats uh, that you can have as well. The pontoon boat has, has certainly been uh, the one vehicle that has been the most popular. And I think the reason for that is, is the number of people that you can get on board. So the number of people that get to experience that uh, is far greater than, than it would be in a, let's say a 16 foot side console. Right. Um, and price wise, you know, we've tried to, to kind of, you know, hit that sweet spot where it makes sense for someone to rent for the season rather t- than to own a boat for 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the interesting concept too, and, and, and those boats that you just referred to um the pontoon boats are the perfect example of that some people that have cottages you know maybe have had a runabout a family runabout for the last 20 years and they've always thought boy it'd be kind of cool oh, to see everybody drive by the these neighbors big pontoon, 23 footer but they gotta be i don't know whether i want to get one buy one of those or not but yeah. boy what a great opportunity now no kidding to try it because it's relatively inexpensive rob will give us some pricing here in a minute but what a great opportunity to try your boat mm-hmm. before you make that investment of buying the boat and see i think it's fantastic or, or even the 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 opposite what i was talking about earlier if you got your little four 14 foot tinner that's all you fish out of and you're always seeing these guys in the nice fishing boats going by a big prince craft a 17 foot prince craft whatever maybe you know i'm not sure what rob is available they, they you can probably well, get you into those, something close yeah, to that yeah. in you know in in your life and try it for a year and say wow okay that's now, it now i'm ready to go yeah. or you might think hey you know what i don't mind this because every year i get to get a new boat right i can get some new toys on it i can get a different size i can get a different yeah. configuration why would i want to buy one yeah that's yeah, got to be true. what's happening with your customers i'm sure rob and oddly enough 50 percent of our clientele own other boats okay okay so when we when we deliver specifically with the pontoon boat when we deliver the pontoon boat odds are that there is another boat on the dock when we get there or in the boathouse okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you know, to give you a couple of examples, um, you've got the grandparents who have a cottage that they've had for, you know, ever in the family. They have an older glass boat or they have a, a woody or they have something else that sits there that they use that they enjoy to, you know, to run about the lake with. But all of a sudden now they're having the extended family or the grandkids are coming up for a couple of weeks or a month this summer. Well, for them to, to go and buy a boat to suit that, those couple of weeks or a month, it really, you know, it doesn't really make sense where this way, as I said, we deliver the boat in the spring. Uh, it comes fully equipped. So the life jackets, the, the, all the safety equipment, the licensing, the insurance, insurance, the mooring lines, the bumpers, everything's there. We put it on your dock. Uh, we give you an instruction on, on obviously how to use it, all the features, benefits, all that good stuff. And we're always a phone call away if you have any questions. And basically, you know, it's your boat for the, for the whole summer. When you're done with it in the fall, you basically call us a week prior or, or something like that and say, okay, guys, I'm done. We're leaving here next week. We, we show up. We pick up the boat. It goes away. Wow. And that's it. See, that's huge too. The no that's storage awesome. thing, right? Like that's just the storage is always no a winterizing. Want, no, exactly, no, no, exactly. Is it in your driveway? Have you got a storage place? How much is that going to cost you for storage and all the? Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty amazing, actually. Now, like these are new boats. I'm assuming, Rob. 
So that, yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the other beauty of this program. We've all rented cars. We've all, you know, booked the Mustang convertible and, and got there and they said, yep. wow, we're sorry, sir. You know, the, the Mustang <laughs> didn't make it back. It's late, right. but we have the Toyota Camry over here. Really nice car, <laughs> by the way. It's the same color as the Mustang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this, in this case, Again, you, there is some flexibility in color and models. We have everything from 14 foot to 23 foot in the fleet, and we can go larger for those customers that want something kind of off the menu. But for all intensive purposes, we have a you know kind of the, the cookie cutter models that kind of fit the, fit the best mold sort of thing. And uh, yeah, you can get so we have rear lounge models, we have uh, tritune models, and we have as small as a fourteen foot fishing model in a pontoon. Mm. All right, let me ask cool. you a question. So I'm a customer of yours, and I had a wonderful experience with one of those beautiful mm-hmm. little Prince Craft uh, boats behind you. But mm-hmm. um, during the summer, my neighbor uh, showed me this beautiful tritune. 40 footer with two 300s on the back and it had the electric uh, bimini cover and all the bar and the thing and stuff like that and hey guess what princecraft makes that boat too could they come to you a year in advance and say hey rob next year i want to rent that beautiful 40 foot tritune with the two 300 horsepower (laughs) motors on the back yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's definitely, as I said, we'll go off menu for so any, any of those requests. And we've had a, a couple of them. Um, and we're working through those actually for this for this spring. Some people that want a specific model. So there's two parts to that. One is when when we deliver the boat, uh, we have the rental agreement, which is pretty standard. And then we give you uh, a copy of the bill of sale. So in a, in a sense that if you wanted to, uh, we'll call it a quotation. So when if you wanted to purchase the boat at the end of the season when we wouldn't pick it up, you know the number. If your neighbor wants to buy the boat or your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, your cousin, whatever, it doesn't really matter to us, we will extend that price to them as well. The other side of it is if you said, uh, after you've experienced this, that you really enjoy the boat and maybe you want that boat or you want something different color, different interior, engine, log configuration, whatever the case may be, and you were to order a boat or purchase a boat from our, our existing inventory, we would give you 50% of the rental back towards the purchase of that boat. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. So it's it's so, a, almost a rent-to-buy kind of a setup. Pretty kind much, of, yeah. yeah. Try before you buy. Wow. That's yeah. fantastic. And that, that same boat, though, let's say I, I run that boat for a year. And uh, I say, that's great, Rob, but I'm going to get something else next year. And Ange walks into your showroom. Is that boat now for sale to the general public, or is it going to be a renter next year again? Or So uh, every boat that's delivered at the beginning of the season is new, and every one of those new boats will be sold in the fall. So they go on the market uh, mid-summer. We start to put them out there, and we'll start taking deposits through the summer, through the fall. So most all of our fleet from this past year is sold with the exception. I think there's two left. That's it. And uh, the, I think the important thing there, because I was going to ask a question earlier on, um, and that was about repairs and, and, you know, problems that do from time to time crop up uh, in boats and motors. But the fact that this is brand new product, it'd be no different than you buying that product. If it was going to have a fault, it'll have a fault anyways. The difference here, I'm sure, is that if there's a problem, they customer just picks up the phone and says, Rob, this boat's not running. And you send somebody down to 
fix that? Yeah. So, I mean, and it, to your point about it being a new boat, we're limiting the exposure right. of there being an issue. So that right. that is the first part of being in the new boat. And the same reason why we want to uh, renew the fleet every year. To have a three-year-old boat with, you know, a couple hundred hours, you're just, you're uh, increasing the probability of there being an issue, which we don't want to have. Mm. Um, mm. You know, again, for with being in business for, for you know, 53 years, um, we've got a, a, you know, pretty strong service team. Uh, we have locations in Tim and Sudbury, and now we've, we've signed up with uh, Trailer World in Brantford. Uh, so we've got the Southwest covered, we've got the Muskoka's covered, we've got Northern Ontario covered. So we can respond in a pretty quick fashion if we need to be. Obviously, we're going to try to filter through those issues over the phone. Uh, we did see some smaller issues this last year. And as a result, every boat this year will have a battery switch. Ah, there you go. Everybody's going to the battery switch. <laughs> you, you know what happened and why we need that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, a great idea. Great uh, I'm surprised idea. all boat manufacturers aren't automatically putting them on the boats now, although a lot of them are. Um, yeah, yeah. Now so, we've got to get people to use the batteries. Well, that's, that's the other thing. At uh, night, yeah, that's turn her off. That's all you got to do, people. So in, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned insurance earlier on. We kind of brushed through it. I think it's important that we talk about that as well. And the reason being is that if, if I have one of those pontoons tied to my dock and mm-hmm. my, my son-in-law comes up, for the weekend and decides that he wants to take it out and he runs it, I don't know, into another boat. Uh, he runs it aground, runs it somewhere. He's screwed up. But I'm not suggesting that my son-in-law is a screw up. I don't think. Would I, would I be suggesting that? <laughs> no comment. He's pretty big. <laughs> uh, but what happens in that case? I mean, are, are, is the insurance limited to the uh, contracted individual or does it extend to his family or how does it, how would that, would that work? So um, the insurance is treated very similarly to if you owned the boat yourself. So think of it again, if we could go to the automotive leasing, um, the insurance is in your name and it's also in the automaker's name or the leasing company's name. Right. So there's two names on there. Our insurance works the same way. Uh, essentially, the boat is treated as if you owned it. So the liability would be yours uh, in the sense of, you know, something of your actions that happened out on the water to to your, to your point about your son-in-law or anyone else for that matter, if they're a licensed boater, um, they, they can operate the the watercraft. There's no, there's no issue with that. However, if uh, I don't know if, if I'm trying to think of an example of where, uh, if they did something, then it would fall on your record sort of thing, no differently than it would be on anything else that you owned. Right. So that we'd have to d- drill into the, the background of you know what insurance companies do in those cases. Right. But for all intensive purposes, it's just like you own the boat. It's the same thing. Same thing. That is, that is a great concept. I love the idea of, of uh, we haven't talked price yet. I'm, I'm going to make an assumption at this point that it is priced at, at a point where People do have to look at it and say, "Wow, this is yeah. this makes a lot of sense." What what, 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 what give us an, an indication of pricing? So once again, uh, we deliver the boat to you. So there's the one uh, caveat is there's no trailer, ah. and we've we've eliminated the trailer from the equation because that really reduces the liability. Absolutely, uh, that's it, good it also, thinking right there. That's good thinking yeah. right there. Yeah, for sure. So when we talk about you know, tow vehicles, uh, 
you know, exactly. backing down the boat ramp, exactly. uh, all of that stuff. Right. So we, we kind of take that out of the picture and we, we, we look after that for you with, by delivering it with our own truck. So our truck puts it in the water. As I said, it comes with everything that you need to run the boat. You just add the water. Um, for a uh, starting at a 14 foot pontoon boat, you're looking at about uh, $4,200 for the season plus tax. And our most popular last year was a uh, 21 foot with a 60, uh, which was $49.95. So for five grand, I've got a 20 foot pontoon boat with a 60 horsepower motor on it for the summer. Yeah. So there's two fees that get tacked onto that. Of course, there's the delivery fee and pickup, which is 500 bucks. So we've done that. Uh, whether you, if we're coming from Sudbury and going to Muskoka, if we're coming from Brantford and going to Lake Erie, it's 500 bucks. I was going to ask you, is there, is there a delivery area that you won't go or do you go all over Ontario sort of thing or. So I would say we would, you know, from right now we're looking at, uh, the Kawarthas, the Muskokas, Southwestern Ontario. That's kind of where, you know. Um, if we're going to go beyond that, it would be again off menu, but it would be very small, right. a right. very small addition to that. Right. So, right. It's not that much yeah. more off menu from where you are. I mean, you'd be, you're talking no, Eastern no. Ontario, basically, you know, like, or something like that. Yeah. So it's not that much different really. So good. That's great. Yeah. I was wondering if it was just going to be a Northern thing, you know, or, or you branched out that much further. That's awesome. That's so amazing. if I'm so in the Kawarthas or the Muskokas and for yeah. 2024 next year, Yep. I want to have a pontoon boat. I want a 20 foot or 21, 22 foot pontoon boat sitting at my dock when I open yep. up the cottage. Yep. I would call you up. Yep. We would cut a deal. I pay you the $4,900. I'm assuming that's paid in advance. So this time of year, we take a deposit, deposit. and uh, we earmark a boat uh, for you. And then prior to delivery, call it a week, whatever. Then we uh, we take balance of the payment and deliver the boat. And we do we could take major credit cards. We can do e transfers. Uh, you can do a brown bag of cash. It really doesn't matter to us. <laughs> so, uh, what's the value? What's the value? Uh, he knows. Uh, he knows some of my dealings. That's so the Vespa scooter guy started that up there. I guarantee uh, you. What? Uh, give me an indication of what the value of that five thousand dollar boat. That I'm paying you $5,000 for. What's the value of it? Yeah. Um, just to clarify, so your $5,000, after like, when we when we add the $500 delivery right. from, we have we have to add uh, the uh, the HST to that component. So this past year for a 21-foot boat with a 60-horsepower delivered for the season, you were about $6,100 all in. Okay. Right. $6,100. I got that was it. Everything. My that card, was my card yeah. will handle that. So I'm good with that. Yeah. Now, what's the value of that boat? So uh, new to purchase, the value of that boat is, uh, we'll call it $40,000. $40,000. So for about 25% of the value of the boat, rough figures, yeah. don't quote me on yeah. that. Um, yeah. I can have a boat delivered. I can be worry-free. It's going to be there on the 15th of June, whatever the date we arrange. Somebody's going to yep. drop it off, put it in the water, tie it up to my dock. It's going to be fully equipped. Yep. I don't need to do anything short of adding gasoline to the tank, I'm assuming, unless you guys deliver it with yep. gasoline. 
I don't know. full of gas. Full of gas. There you go. And mm-hmm. I pay you the the value twenty roughly twenty five percent of the value of it. I use it, I abuse it, I do whatever I want with it all season long. You come in at the end of the season with your trailer. I don't have to get my waders on. I don't have to get wet at all. You pick up the boat, take it away, shake hands, thank you very much, off you go. It, it's a it's a no brainer. And do yep. these are uh, all, I'm assuming they're all four-stroke motors, so nobody has to add oil or anything like that? Uh, no, yeah, they're all four-stroke. Uh, we, of course, run every one of them before we deliver them. Yep. Um, in some cases, we'll, we'll uh, wet test them before they go. If, if they have things like trolling motors and other things that are going on them, then we'll right. want to, you know, confirm that all that stuff is networked, it's working in yep. the boat before we take it. Um, so, yeah. And cool. You said you said use and abuse, which you know uh, you've heard the saying, you know, drive it like you stole it, or right, or, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> it drive it really like stole it. It really isn't that way. We haven't we haven't experienced that at all. Everything has been uh, kept as good as people owned it, and that that is the thing about this seasonal rental is people are treating it as if it was their own. Right. So there's there's a there's a sense of of ownership with our product because it is on your dock 24 seven. So it's not like the point. weekend Mustang that I I'm going to wake up at six and, and run the wheels off it because right. I got to return it tomorrow by four. Right. 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 And, and, and you know, something yeah. else just occurred to me, the old keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, I mean, who has to know about this other than you and, uh, and the customers? That's right. I mean, I hey, might've got, got a new Bontubo. Exactly. I just uh, got Bobby a Bobby Dazzler. Exactly. Look at him now. Nope. New and not only that, but I'm going to get rid of it at the end of the year and get a new one next That's year. That's right. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you go. You might as well start doing that with your cottages too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's a great idea, man. It's fantastic. Where did this whole, th- how did this come about? So uh, once again, you know, looking back backwards, uh, pre-COVID, uh, you know, we were looking to try to capture more uh, used boats in our on, in our yards, right? Uh, so especially pontoon boats, they're just so hard to find. And at the same time, um, I had been down in the Florida area and had seen the um, the boat club concept down there and wondered how we could bring that to Canada and how we could make that work. And again, um, to what I was saying earlier is the model didn't, didn't fit our Northern geography uh, and climate. So uh, this is where we, you know, we got together with Prince Graph. We discussed, you know, if we were to add X amount of boats to our order, is this something you could fulfill? Um, They've been great working with us and making that happen because we only have so much space in our yards and uh, you can only get three, maybe four pontoons per load. So, you know, we have to time those in such a way that, that we can get them into our yard, get them PDI'd and get them out there. So there's quite a bit that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, even though winters are long in Northern Ontario, there isn't a day that goes by that we're not touching something to do with boating. Right on. Um so basically, yeah, we put the program together. We worked through the insurance and legal aspects of it. Um, and we did a pilot project last year, which was extremely successful. The number of boats that we allocated for the pilot uh, all went. And then we added, I think, another, I think there was another dozen that went on top of that, that were 
many of those were off menu. So they were different models and that sort of thing. So that kind of gave us the recipe for what would probably work best for this year. And so far it's been, it's been good. Ah, I'm assuming pontoon boats are the most popular. Is that, is that the most popular? Absolutely. absolutely. What what is the 95, 95% of our fleet are pontoon. Right. Have you had any uh, higher end Prince craft fishing boats that anybody wanted to rent for the, for the year? Uh, not yet. Um, we just took a really nice one on trade. <laughs> That's a really nice one, by the way, everybody. Just to let everybody know. Uh, not was, FNC1, but pretty, pretty close. If, if you could, somebody yeah, could rent yeah. that boat. Oh, my God. We just oh. uh, we just delivered. Uh, actually, Rob came in and picked up uh, our boat, our Princecraft boat that we used on the Fishing Canada show this year. Uh, it yeah. was part of the, we had predetermined that Rob was going to end up with that boat. So, And she's a beauty. She is a beauty. If you buy it or if Rob puts it through the Freedom System, uh, you, oh. you get a chance to rent that for a year. Oh, my God, you're going to look yeah. good out there. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. you know though, I, I now that I think of it, I think the pontoon boat is perfectly built for oh, this yeah. program because, oh, yeah. you know, and we'll take we'll take a 20-foot a, a boat with a 300 on the back or whatever. It's not something something that that just anybody can jump into whereas a pontoon you literally could you could take a novice boat driver um or even a first-time boat driver put them in a in a in a pontoon boat a 16 foot 18 or even a 20 foot pontoon boat and they would it's not a big learning curve is it it's not that big of a deal that's the nice thing about it yeah no, they're fairly, they're daunting in the sense when you look at them, especially yeah. on the trailer, they look mm. so big, but, yeah. but they're actually, you know, they're very light. Um, they're very basic in the sense of, I don't have to worry about a boat plug. If we get heavy rain, I don't have to lose <laughs> sure, sleep over the fact that it might yeah. sleep. Like yeah. there's a lot of those things. And again, like I said earlier is that, um, you know, everybody can take part. The whole family can take part. Yeah. And, and part of our pitch is that, you know, you can have a boat on your dock for the entire summer. At your, you know, an arm's length, for less than taking your family to a beach vacation for a week. Let's think yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely it's, true. You know, I, less than that. I was listening. And I, if it rains for three of those days while you're at the resort, you don't get those. Back. That's that's right. That's right. <laughs> I was thinking about when you guys are saying the the intimidation factor of the size of the boat and driving it. I've never driven a big pontoon boat, so I don't know what it's like. But I'll give an example. When we when we started running that big RV. Remember the big, we ran these full-size RVs, Rob, for a couple of years. And I got behind that wheel and I was shitting my pants. I said, I can't, I can't. This is like a friggin' tractor trailer. I can't. Within minutes, you're, you're driving in. that thing like you're just, yeah. you're a pro. We started to- towing our, our uh, 198 behind it. We were yeah. backing that into spots with the, yeah. with the RV and all that. So it's not as bad as people think. Don't no. be so intimidated by no. the size of these rigs. Because a lot of times when they're bigger, they're actually easier to drive. That's, you know, especially than, pontoon boats. Yeah. I think it's so, one of the easiest watercrafts to, to handle from yeah. without question. Yeah, they uh, oh. excellent visibility for the driver. Right. So you've got basically 360 view. They are, you know, they float like a so they are a little bit susceptible to, to wind, wind, but I mean, you, you can adjust <laughs> to that fairly easily and we'll go through that with you when we deliver at your dock. We'll show Perfect. you the best angle to come in, yeah. you know, low and slow, uh, you know. The only place that that really matters is getting into a lock when you have to go through a lock. Yeah. Then yeah. It becomes and there's 80 people watching you. Oh, okay, God. Martha, you take the wheel, please. <laughs> and your wife's screaming and yelling at you, over to the right. Oh, my yeah. God. I want to die. 
other than that, they're uh, they're pretty cool. They've really come a long way with these things too. Now with the tri tunes, oh my god, uh, in terms they of run performance. Good. Oh my god, run up yeah. on the pad and everything. Like they're fast. Yeah. Now, some yeah. of them. And so. that's the Princecraft totally uh, redesigned the their Vectra series for 2024, which is the you know perfect fit for our model lineup. Um, so you're getting a completely redesigned boat for this year. Uh, and we've added the uh, rear lounge models. We've added the dry tune wow. models and we're nice. keeping the, uh, the traditional L shaped furniture model as well to keep that price point, yep. uh, where we want it to be. And at the same time, offering those added benefits. So I recently had a customer from North Bay. We'll be delivering that one in the spring. They chose to add a full camper enclosure and a ski bar. So oh, nice. And, and we'll do that. Yeah. Nice. Is it safe to assume that um, a customer can get a pretty good idea of what the price is going to be if they use that 25% number that we talked about? Uh, in it's, terms amazing. Of- it's amazing the number of people that crunch those numbers before. And I had one gentleman last year, he says, I could do this for 12 years before. Um, exactly. It would have been, yeah. And I, and at that point, and on, on that note, there was no, he hasn't factored in storage and servicing and all the other stuff that goes with that. So no. oh, it's, and, and, and just the benefit of having a brand new boat every year. Oh my God. I mean, that alone How nice is that, you know, yeah. is, is worth How the, nice. and, and the is, cottage is all about entertaining too, right? Even if you're just entertaining your own family, just going out for a cruise. But when you have friends over every weekend, that pontoon boat becomes a, a huge part of that weekend too, right? Funny you say that cottage, but. Could this also be just a boat that you moor at a marina, and you- oh, yeah, you could you could you could rent a slip and have uh, one of our boats at that marina, no issue with that, or your trailer park, or your you don't necessarily yeah, have to own a cottage, yeah. but you do need somewhere to keep the boat um, on the water when it's not in use. Right. Yeah, at, at, at yeah. a marina, uh, the yeah. the perfect scenario would be to rent a slip at your favorite yeah. lake, a marina. Yeah. And then uh, get Rob's team That's to right. bring you a boat. You wouldn't need a cottage. Yep. You don't at need all, a then. cottage. You go up there. You don't have to be there every weekend. The boat is moored in the slip in the marina, so it's yeah. safe and sound. And then when you need to get out boating, you just get up there and go. Oh yeah, know? easier for Rob too. They just got to drop at the marina right there. You don't have to Done. drive it to the spot or anything. Yeah. So. Uh, fantastic business i I love the model the absolute fantastic model for especially for this part of the country i don't know whether that model uh translates to um expanding beyond this province are there any thoughts Uh, have you got anything cooking that you might want to expand beyond this the borders of this province I think the model will work anywhere. Um, Obviously for us, uh, from our locations, you know, in Sudbury, Timmins, Brantford, that becomes a little bit, you know, going out of province. So we'd have to obviously have uh, some sort of association with uh, another marina or dealer uh, in those markets to really make it work to, you know, to properly. Yeah, it might work. It might, like you say, if Rob teams up with four or five marinas across Canada. Exactly. Good God. Great system going on. I love it. Love it. The only, uh, the only thing I'm worried about in this whole system mm-hmm. is Rob mentioned uh, the boats up in north, and he said, Grandpa's got a woody. And I don't know what the hell I'm trying to expect on that one, but that really I've never playing, heard that before in my life. It's playing on and you, it's isn't just, it? It's, it's, I, I don't know if I want to go north anymore, to be honest. If, if he's out in the lake showing that shit off, you know what I mean, or something. So. Uh, that's uh, typical Mr. Bowman right there. Yeah. Uh, so it's called Freedom Cruises, and how can people find it? How, how can they contact you? So Freedom Cruise Canada, we're on Facebook. 
and we have a website, freedomcruisecanada.ca. Um, go ahead, fire away the questions, uh, send us an email, call us. Uh, we'll fill you in on, you know, your specific needs and uh, send you a quote. And uh, you'll you'll find that after you go through that information and, and weigh the numbers that, um, if it makes sense for you, then, you know, we can make it happen. There's, we're by no means trying to, you know, beat up on traditional boat buying because we sell far wow. more boats <laughs> and we'll continue to sell far more boats than we rent. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's definitely something um, for some people, uh, for a lot of the things that you mentioned, the reasons that you mentioned, uh, that it works for them. Yeah, and uh, I, I really love the uh, the story that you painted earlier on about, uh, you know, maybe your grandkids decided that they want to come up for a month to the cottage this year. And you've got mm-hmm. your your 1978 uh, uh, bow rider, 16 foot bow rider that you've had since the beginning of time. And, you know, it's not going to be adequate for the whole family. Now you got another yeah. 12 people to worry about. Yeah. You can't just go out and buy a boat on a whim. Right. Why not just yeah, rent one for the summer? Great, yeah, so I mean, cool. it is, it's spectacular. Yeah, I mean, and that's just one, that's just one small example. I mean, there's, there's a yeah. multitude of examples where this makes sense um, versus just going out and purchasing mm-hmm. one. Not the least of which, by the way, is when you go out and, and, and I don't want to say in the, like you just said, I want to say bad about buying a boat because that's still the number no. one uh, dream that we all have as Canadians. But um, you don't have to make a firm decision right away. You can try a boat for a year, for a season. Yeah. You don't have to commit to this style of boat or that style of boat, knowing full well that once you've bought it, you've spent the 50, 60, 70, $80,000 for that boat. Once, once you've got it, you're stuck with it because mm-hmm. depreciation is going to keep you from being able to flip that boat the next year. We all know what that's all about. Oh, yeah. we, we haven't even talked mm-hmm. about that benefit, by the way. But mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, can yeah. say, hey, you know what? Let's try it. Let's try just a regular pontoon. Let's try a, a tritune. Let's try a, an 18-foot bow rider. I mean, I, it, it yeah. just it goes on and, on and on. Are it's you putting amazing. the deck boats into this program, by the way? So we can, we, um, it's, it is a product that we, that we that. sell, so we can, we can certainly put that in there, uh, as we can any other, any other model that we sell. Um, it's, it, once again, it comes down to the financial, uh, you know, model in the sense that what works best, you know, at what point do we cross that threshold where, you know, for example, if, if I'm going to tell you that I have to charge you 15 grand for the use of a deck boat for the summer, are you going to want to do that? Or would you rather buy the boat and well, then maybe sell it in two or three years? Well, what's depreciation on a boat every year? So depreciation on, on boats is, uh, an, an, as recreational products go, is the very least amount of depreciation on a boat. When we compare that to motorcycles, snowmobile, ATV, anything else, a boat uh does not has nowhere near and i don't know what that is today because you know through the last couple of years the industry has seen obviously uh you know a huge surge in demand uh we had customers coming in that had bought uh 2008 2009 bayliners from us 175s you know the little io with a three liter and they were getting as much for that boat on trade than they paid for them in 2008, 2000. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Wow. So it's not bad.
interrupt this program to bring you the much-anticipated bonus code for the latest Fishing Canada giveaways. This week's code is STRIPER. That's STRIPER. S-T-R-I-P-E-R, all uppercase. And don't forget, that's one P. Just type that in the bonus code section of the contest and receive 100 free entries towards all our current giveaways. For those who haven't entered yet, what the heck are you waiting for? Head on over to fishingcanada.com while you listen to the rest of this episode. Click contests and sign up for all the latest Fishing Canada giveaways. And now, back to the show. I, I, I want to talk to you about that. Um, if we could kind of stray off this particular subject and, and get into the marine industry in particular, because mm-hmm. it's it's been uh, a real roller coaster since I would say 2018. Probably 19 was the real start of it. It's had so many ups yeah. and downs, so many changes, so many strange things in this industry uh, that um, I think it's it's worth spending a couple of minutes talking about now the latest thing obviously is the interest rates like Mm -hmm. that's got to be a real kick in the pants for you guys with it's one thing you know paying six percent interest on your home because you need a place to live Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe it even makes sense paying that on your car because you need your car to make a living and work get to work but it's got to be mentally difficult for people to look at that on a recreational vehicle like a boat. It just seems like that, you know, once we get into that five, six, seven, eight percent interest rate, it's gotta be prohibitive in terms of buying ownership of boat, which is another reason why this program you've got going is perfect. Yeah. So yeah, on the on the interest, I mean the interest rate is definitely uh, top of mind. I mean it's in the media every day. It's uh, you know, we don't see it as being a huge deterrent. It is definitely a question that consumers ask. It is something that we work through. Um, but I mean, historically, you know, I've been in the marine industry for over 30 years and the, the dealership's been around for 20 years longer than that. We've seen the ups and downs right. of, of interest rates. And right now we're probably middle of the road if we took, you know, the 30 year average. I think the media has kind of played that up as being uh, a lot worse than it actually is. At the end of the day, uh, you know, in any uh, most loans that you're doing, they renew in five years. So although you're taking out a loan for 10 or 15 or maybe even 20 years, depending on on the value of that boat, that interest rate is going to turn in five years. And all indicators are that we will we should see a decrease in the next two to three years. So by the time your five year term comes up, um, you know, we would expect that that, that uh, rate would decrease. Uh, but once again, at, you know, I remember I bought my first new snowmobile in 1989, and I think I paid like 13% interest at that time. And that was normal. Uh, I was yeah, going to say, yeah. as I asked you the question about how difficult is it at 6% interest, I, it just threw me back when I was in the boat dealer business. We were at 12 and 13% yeah. selling boats. Six yeah. sounds good right yeah. now when you look at it that way. Right? Yeah, it wasn't an issue. It was yeah. not an issue at all. I think I think one of the biggest problems is that we've had that nice, you know, 1% and 2% interest oh, rate. Oh, yeah, for a it few spoils years, everybody. And it's now we're spoiled, right? But, because, but you mean you're obviously now, the, when you look at the price of boats, it's like 
What wow. the hell? This is crazy. But we heard this week, Rob, that, that the price might be starting to come down on boats, too. I don't know if you've heard anything about that because the materials now are getting back post-COVID. And they're starting to get a little easier to, to get and cheaper again. Is, is that a possibility that boat prices will be going down? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to come down in, in the sense from, um, you know, what we purchase them for. Right. Because, as you said, the price of materials and the price of labor have not changed. Um, uh, although some stuff has become a little bit more uh, kind of fixed in a sense. There's no surprises in that, you know, when they're budgeting for production for the season and they're buying aluminum, they're buying components, they, they have a fixed cost now. Two years ago, there was no fixed cost. That changed by the week in some cases. Right. Uh, what, you w- what you will see in the marine industry are um, retail programs. So we saw them late fall and we'll fully expect to see them again at the boat show where manufacturers will be bringing rebates. Um, and those will, those will be focused in on the inventory that's in the field. So, if, for example, if, you know, a certain segment, um, there's more of that, well, then those, that particular product will encompass a greater rebate than, let's say, something that's not, you know, very plentiful in the field. Part of the issue that we ran into was, there was so much demand on factories and they, they were trying so hard to spool up. And by the time that they did, uh, we got um, basically out of season. So we were getting, you know, boat products late summer for that model year. And the same happened with snowmobiles and many other products. So we ended up with our inventories being out of cycle. So it's going to take us, we figure, about 18 months to get back into cycle. So we're, we're not top loaded with snowmobiles in the summer and top loaded with boats, you know, when we shouldn't be. What does this mean for the average consumer though, Rob? What does that mean to somebody who's looking to get into that market? It's a buyer's market. It is a buyer's market. It's a buyer's market. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's positive news for a change because it sure as hell has not been a buyer's market for the last three years. So, uh, this no, is uh, yeah, this is uh, sure. great news. You mentioned the uh, boat show. I'm I'm assuming you're talking about the international boat or the Toronto yeah, boat show. The Toronto international are, boat are, show. Are you going to be? Are you going to be there? I will be in the Princecraft booth. Uh, Freedom. We looked at that. Uh, we did the Cottage Life show in the fall, and we were blown away with the the response that we had at that show. And uh, I think part of that reason was that we were able to put a boat in the booth. Right. right. And if we go to the Toronto International Boat Show, because Prince Craft is there as a manufacturer, we could not have a boat in a booth at the Toronto show. And for that reason, I think we will pass on that show and we will be at the spring cottage life show. Oh, so you you would not be allowed to have a boat in, in your booth. Is that what you're saying? That's correct, because the the um, the Toronto International Boat Show in January uh, is uh, supported by the manufacturers and right. they have their own. They have corporate booths. Right. So right. when they have. So, for example, I will work that booth. I've worked that booth right. for the last 15 yeah. years. And I'll you. be in that booth yeah. Yeah. as a Princecraft dealer. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you could not have um, another boat like I couldn't have my a and b booth with a Princecraft boat or a Bayliner boat or anything like know, that. In, I didn't know that. Could you talk yeah. to the, about the freedom uh, cruises though at the Princecraft? By the way, 
I'm a dealer, but I also have this here, that. Look at this. See, those suckers are all available. We'll, put a, we'll put a good word in uh, gonna, with JP. We're going okay? to talk to the boys at Prince Craft. I got to wear I got to wear the hat that I got to wear when I'm standing in that booth. You got, God, it. you got so much product you right there. It. You can say, oh, my I God, it's going to kill yeah, you. I still got the snow boots. <laughs> True yeah. enough. How are these shows coming along? You've been doing them for years. Has the Internet or or if not the Internet, certainly the digital world affected performances at these shows or, 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 you know, consumers showed out. What's your opinion of that? We're, we've been asking all kinds of people that not just boat shows, but I'm talking shows in general. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a firm believer in a show. I really okay. am. And I, and I think that um, sometimes there's too much emphasis on the boat buyer. And I think when we're talking about shows, you got to be looking over the boat buyer's shoulder and at the young couple with the stroller and behind them. Ah. And that is the next buyer. And that's what really, for me, that's what really the show, those shows do is people go in and they look and then they get interested and then down the road. So it's, it's seeding um, those future sales, the boat buyer themselves. It has changed in the sense that when they walk into the booth, they generally know exactly what they're looking for. They just want to see it in 3D. They want to be able to touch it. They want to be able to sit in it. They want to be able to all do that stuff that they can't do on the internet. They've done all the research. They know all the options. They know all the features. They know the horsepower. They know all that stuff. But now they want to, they want to, they've zeroed it into maybe a couple different models and they're, that's why they're going to the show. It basically, that's what's sealing, you know, the deal in their mind. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, it it is. is. You're right. It is. The demo's changing for sure. Um, yeah. And and the show is the only place you can really touch and feel that yeah. and, and experience it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sounds fantastic, my friend. I think you've got uh, something that uh, a lot of people are going to be talking about uh, here in, yeah. the, in the months he's, and he's years to come. He's sitting on a good one right now, I think. Uh, I, I, I think, think so. so. <laughs> uh, it does sound good to me. Uh, once again, folks can look you up uh, either at uh, JMB Cycle. Obviously, that's the first place they can find you. Uh, you have a Facebook presence with the uh, rental business as well. Yep. So uh, uh, Freedom Cruise Canada on Facebook. Um, and then we have the website, freedomcruisecanada.ca where you can reach out in, in either format to get more information and uh, find out more about that product for sure. Sounds fantastic, my friend. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. It's a real pleasure having you on the show. Uh, what's going to happen to the Fish in Canada boat, by the way? What's, what, is somebody going to be lucky enough to be able to buy that? Yeah, well, so we, we brought it in. Um, as you know, I towed it back from Oshawa. Yep. Uh, got home very late, uh, the next day, put it in, uh, our detail bay and my detail guys were, were ecstatic because it was so clean. <laughs> yes. Um, there was no fish residue in that boat whatsoever. There was nothing. Not <laughs> that may be a good thing. A, <laughs> oh God, we didn't catch them too good again. Eh? We <laughs> were, you know, it's been a few years since we've had to return a boat, right? So we were yeah. so paranoid about that boat oh, this year. God. My we God. that floor with soap <laughs> on my cleaners. And oh yeah, it was good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that actually. That normally, uh, normally uh, we just come crashing into docks and tie her up and get in for the night with this boat we had a whole strategic plan before we were approaching the dock we had to take wind uh, wind direction and speeds yeah. and all kinds of stuff yeah uh, no it's a, it's a great boat package and uh so we've oh, we've man. photographed it uh, and used some of the photos that you supplied as well 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's in storage now, uh, and it's available to purchase. And uh, so there you go. So if you're uh, in the market for uh, uh, like fully rigged, fully rigged the fishing boat of all fishing boats. Uh, we used it for an entire season this year on the Fishing Canada show. So it's the boat that you'll be seeing in the 24 yeah. broadcast season. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 200 if, Expedition dual console. Oh, it's loaded. Yeah. I mean, we mean loaded with yeah. the 250. It is. It is. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the electronics on that boat are nothing short of stunning. Just it's got to be like 20 plus grand in electronics, doesn't it? 20, 30 grand? Uh, I think 23. Over 30. Over 30? Over 30. Thank you. It's, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, so uh, if you are looking, if you're in the market for that boat, there is one sitting right now in Timmins. And uh, uh, Rob can certainly. I'm sorry? Well, there's two. We have uh, we have our pro staff demo as well, which oh, is the identical, identical model, but in a full windshield. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, but it does not have the uh, the roster of electronics that your machine had. That's for sure. It, I don't uh, have that budget. I don't have that budget. <laughs> it's fully loaded. You could not add anything to this boat. No. You, no. I, I don't care who you are. You could. There's nothing that you can say. Oh yeah, but wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I need to put because it doesn't. It has everything available yeah. to you, and it's uh, yeah. it's yeah, available. Take a look, at, take a look at, on the website on uh, JMB Cycling yeah. Marine. Uh, oh, website. it's there too, right? So they can yeah. look at it. Yeah, jmbcycle.com. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be worth a couple hundred thousand dollars, isn't it? It's got to be no, worth it. No, no. <laughs> not even close. Eh, Rob? No, no. Oh, Rob's okay. got it priced very well. Oh, all right, that's, that's right. right. We do, we do. Yeah. Well, the fact that we use it on the Fishing Canada show, that's an extra hundred thousand, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, the I would think the royalties that go back. That's exactly. The that's we got no scales in it. Means we didn't catch any fish in it. What the hell? <laughs> we have the proof, uh, my yeah, friend. Yeah, we do. We have the proof. All right, listen, Rob, we're going to cut you loose, my friend. Thank you very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Um, we'd like to bring you back uh, maybe at, at, at in the spring of the year to see how the program has gone, the rental program. I, I definitely want to stay on top of it because I think it's it's a tremendous opportunity, whether you're a, a seasoned veteran, a, a, a brand-new cottage owner, or, or just curious about different styles of boats. I think the rental program might just fit uh, into what your needs would be. So... Um, let's stay on that. Yeah. Thank you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity and, uh, hope to see you up, uh, walleye fishing here in Northern Ontario. You know, we have some of the best walleye fishing in the world. By the way, your, your son told us all about it. Okay. So he's, he's, uh, he's already done the sales pitch on us. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks Rob. All right. Take care my friend. Wow. That's uh, that's an interesting program. That's cool. You know, we also need to get, is uh, if we get Rob on again and we're, you know, moving further into this, we need to get a couple of people's opinions, either written or somebody that's rented the boat for the year and say, you know, oh, my God, you wouldn't because that would I think they would really sell that package even better. You know what I mean? It can't well, be any. I'm, there's not going to be any negatives to it. There, I'm trying to think of the negatives as we're going through the process. I was trying to think of the negatives. Like, God, what, there's not what a lot. could there possibly be that would be negative? You know how much you're. You know what it's costing you up front. You've already paid it, so that part's done. It's brand new boat and motor. Mm-hmm. So if anything goes wrong with it, it's it's all it's taken, taken care of. of. They yeah. they send a service person over to look after you. Yeah, that's they, a, that's they fantastic. deliver it. That doesn't happen anywhere. No, without without a cost. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They deliver it and tie it to your dock. 
Teach and you then, how to dock it. Teach and you then, little driving yeah. tips. And, like, and then in fall, they pick it up. Yeah. Like, what and then if you wanted to buy it, it, it comes off the price too, right? It's, it's part of the part although, of the Although for price. the life of me, I, I think once you start into this program, I don't know why, why you would, would want to buy, buy it. it. Yeah. Because now that you've had a full season on this boat, now you're familiar with what you like and don't like. Now you can sit down over the winter and, and a order. Upgrade, yeah. you know, a little little side, 23-footer instead of a 21. Let's see exactly. how that works different. A tri-tune instead of a Top, pon- no top. Yeah. Uh, uh, shelter, no sh- I mean, it, it goes, because I know the options on these boats, are it, the list is endless. Oh, yeah. And by the way, people listening, a pontoon boat, because that's the main boats that Rob is renting, they're very fishable boats. You know what oh. I mean? There's not like you can't fish out of them. Oh. It's not just a pleasure boat. They're, they're fantastic for trolling. You could put the portable uh, rod holders on it, stuff like that. You can actually, some of them you can put a trolling motor on if you want it. But for drift fishing, for trolling, you know, stuff like that, they're great. They're a great vehicle for that. You say so. some of them. You can put an electric motor on any of yeah, them. Yeah, probably all of them, yeah. And they work pretty efficiently. Those, the the Pontoons nowadays are not like the old pontoons. These things are very, very efficient. Mm-hmm. They're, they're designed to have the least amount of resistance on the water. In fact, if you look at a, I mean, a tritune takes that to a whole new level. But right. if you look at conventional pontoon boats, the newer style pontoon boats, there's less drag than a conventional V-hull in most cases. Yep. So, well, you said so, they're light too, right? Yeah. So they're light. The only downside is that, that they're light and they sit on top of the water and therefore they're, they're, you have to, you have to take the wind into account Absolutely. a lot more than you would. You might be the, using just even a t- conventional anchor a lot. You know, you yeah. fish a spot, you drop an anchor yeah. and then you lift the anchor up and move. Yeah. If you have a trolling motor, then that's different. But Either but, way, I think if you're looking for a serious fishing boat, then obviously there are a lot of other options. Oh, yeah, that yeah. I'm just saying at, that you can, you know? that you can but, still fish out of a pontoon oh. boat. We Quite. fish out of houseboats. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you want to fish. We did a full season or two seasons with a deck boat, which is the same yeah, thing as a pontoon thing. boat. Yeah. So. Yep. Anyways, it's a fascinating business, and and for you out there that Love might it. be sitting on the fence on making that new boat purchase, this might be the perfect alternative. Oh yeah, to get your feet wet, see if you like it. If you don't, so it's cost you, as Rob said, it, it costs you a trip to Disney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at it yeah. that way, right? <laughs> Except Absolutely. you had it all year. Absolutely so, fantastic. Yep. Anyways, good show, buddy. Yeah, um, that was great. Want to remind everybody about the fishingcanada.com contests that are ongoing. I want to also remind people, we haven't done this for a long time, to, you know, give us a, a response to these podcasts. Let us know. Uh, give us a comment. Uh, how about a rating? Maybe a rating would be kind of nice. I know you have I your think, favorite. Five is your favorite rating, right? Uh, I think you're an eight. I'm an eight? You're an eight. Thank you. I it's won't all even one ask word. You. Uh, give oh there he is he is alive thank you Dino thank you buddy how you doing I'm good I'm good good you were gone for a while I I stepped out good did everything work out everything's good everything's good 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 man Dino um yeah nice little rating on our on our podcast and subscribe how about a subscribe how about they even do that to our YouTube channel too while they're at it well let's do that too do everything give us give us lots of love lots of love lots of love that are it for the entire team of Volvo. Nice to have him back in the studio. He's been ill for yeah. the last uh, few yeah. days. A lot but of sick looking, people around here. A lot of sick people. Uh, yeah. But everybody seems to be coming back. Uh, uh, Nick is missing as usual. Uh, Dean, you were <laughs> kind of now. you were kind of into the Nick mode for a while there. But for a little bit. I'm better now. You're better now. I'm good. <laughs> All right. That's Dean Taylor. Uh, he's Peter Bowman. I'm Angelo Bio. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>